Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and as always, we are so glad to have you with us today here in the House of Faith. We're going to spend some time in the Word of God, so if you can, I want you to get your Bible. I want you to get something to take notes with, and I want you to open your heart today up to Him to maybe see something from His Word you haven't seen. Let the Lord say something to you that He wants to say right now in this time in your life. I believe major decisions are being made by people everywhere. I don't even have to have some word of knowledge or anything like that to know that you are at a place in your life where decisions must be made and you need the wisdom of God. So let's pray together. We'll get right into his word today. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus and we open up our hearts. We open up our eyes, our ears. We want to see Jesus. We want to hear his voice. We want to understand who we are in him, who he is in us. Father, we open ourselves today to your instruction, your direction, your correction, Whatever it is you would say, whichever way you would lead, we yield ourselves to that leading. And we know, Father, that you are the, the author and the finisher. You've begun a good work in us, and we declare you are faithful to finish it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you got your Bibles, I want to go back to the book of Proverbs, where we've been over the last couple of broadcasts, talking about crossroads. Where do you go? Which way do you turn when you're standing at some of life's biggest intersections? And we've seen this in the book of Proverbs in a couple of places. Look in chapter eight, verse one. It says, does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. Listen to it from the New Living Translation. Verse two says, on the hilltop along the road, she takes her stand at the crossroads. And in chapter one of the book of Proverbs, verse 20, it says, wisdom, again, calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. And when you stop and ask yourself, what's so special about these places that wisdom, the wisdom of God, the wisdom that created the universe, the wisdom that spoke this thing into being and created it in such perfect order with such precision, that wisdom, what's the wisdom of God doing in these places? What's so special about these places that that's where you find wisdom? You want to know what the answer is? Nothing. There is nothing special about these places where wisdom is standing and crying out to you. The only thing that makes these places significant is that these are the places we live our lives every single day. Listen to this same scripture from Proverbs 1. Listen to it from the Amplified Bible. It says, wisdom cries aloud in the street. I mean, how many times a day are you and I out there going this way, coming that way. We're out there in the street. We're on our way someplace. Well, the good news is, so is wisdom. We've talked about this in some of the previous broadcasts, but let me remind you, on your way to school, wisdom is in the street. On your way to work, on your way to the meeting, on your way to the lunch, on your way to the event, on your way to wherever it is you're going, wisdom is out there in that street and is speaking to you and has made himself, herself, as the Bible would say, available to you because wisdom is where you are. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the markets. 
And I don't care if it's the supermarket or the stock market, wisdom is there to lead, to guide, to instruct, to correct, to direct. The wisdom of God is available to you in whatever market you are in. The wisdom of God is there. It says in verse 21 in the Amplified Bible, she cries at the heads of the noisy intersections. In the chief gathering places at the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. We're talking about why wisdom is not just in the streets or in the markets, but specifically at the intersections. These are not wasted words. They mean something. Why is wisdom at the intersection? Because the intersection, the crossroad, is the place where this path meets this path. There's a choice to be made. And whether you realize it or not, you and I are coming up to intersections every single day of our lives where choices must must be made. Maybe it's the intersection of spirit and flesh. Which way do I yield? My willing spirit's taking me this way. My weak flesh is taking me that way. Jesus himself stood at that very intersection in the garden when he cried out to the Father and said, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And that's when he went and talked to the disciples and said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He's standing there right at that crossroads with a decision to make. Do I yield to the willingness of my spirit or do I yield and succumb to the weakness of my flesh? If Jesus stood there, my friends, you and I will stand there. Most of us every day, most of us several times a day. Decisions are being made. The intersection of right and wrong, good and bad, truth and lies. Decisions are being made every single day. But I do believe that there are times in this life where we come up to not just a place where a choice must be made, but a major intersection. I mean, let these words paint a picture. We live in a a time now where we know the difference between coming up to a little four-way stop and the difference between coming up to a major intersection in a major city. I mean, that real estate right there is expensive. Sarah and I have been in cities where the the real estate was a million dollars an acre. Why? Because that's where people want to be. And that's where wisdom is, but the Bible's clear about it, that wisdom is standing in that intersection, but it's a noisy intersection. In other words, wisdom is not the only voice speaking to us. And you know this without me telling you, because when you've got major decisions that need to be made, I'm saying this because it's coming up out of my heart right now. We are in a place, I believe Sarah and I, our family, this ministry, we are stopped at a major intersection And we're tuning our ear to hear the voice of wisdom coming out of Jesus, his mouth, the mouth of our good shepherd who calls us by name and leads us out. I am his sheep and I know his voice and I do not want to miss this turn. And that's what wisdom said. Verse 23, turn at my rebuke. The Amplified Bible adds repent. That just means change. You might be at an intersection right now where a change in direction is required but I don't want you to miss your turn. People every day are flying through these intersections, missing their turn. And we've talked on previous broadcasts about why they miss their turn. Many people miss their turn just simply because they got bad directions. They were yielded to another voice coming at them in that intersection. That's why the Bible says, we do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You've got to decide who you are open to. 
A simple-minded person, by definition, is one whose mind is wide open to any voice and to any influence. But as a believer, your mind is not to be open to just any voice and any leading. Our minds and our hearts are to be open, open only to the leading of the Spirit of God and by His Word. But people miss their turn because they got bad directions. People also miss their turn, we talked about on last week's broadcast, because they're too easily distracted. You get distracted while you're driving, you look up and you don't realize how long it's been, but you missed your turn. You got to turn around. You got to make changes. And these things happen in our lives spiritually as well. I want to go on with this today and keep talking about why people miss their turn. Now, these aren't all the reasons, of course. I don't know all the reasons. You could probably think of some on your own, but these are just a few of the things the Lord ministered to me in in preparation to talk to you and in preparation for the time that we are in right now in our lives. Why do people miss their turn? How can I keep from missing my turn? I'm at the intersection. Here's the voice of wisdom crying out. How do I tune that voice in and every other voice out? So again, people miss their turn, bad directions. They miss their turn because they got distracted. Let me give you another reason I believe people miss their turn. They're moving too quickly. They're just moving too fast. How many times has that happened to you, just naturally speaking, just driving a car and you're flying down the road, you're in a hurry, you got to get there quickly and you look up and just because you were moving too fast, ah, that was my turn. Oh, you're supposed to turn here. You're supposed to turn I mean, it's happened all the time, but that same thing has happened to people in the world of the spirit in endeavoring to end up in the place that God's called them to. And, you know, we, we rooted a lot of this study in the book of Colossians chapter one. We won't take time to turn there, but Paul was praying for his partners. And he said, I pray that you would be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. That's an amazing thing to be so filled with the knowledge of his will that there's no room for any more unbelief or doubt or confusion. That's awesome. But the prayer didn't end there. He said, I want you filled with the knowledge of the will of God and in all wisdom. So once you know what God's will is, now it's going to take the wisdom of God to know how to walk that out. That's what we're after in this study is how to lay hold of that wisdom and how to walk out his plan, and to not miss whatever change, whatever turn his wisdom is directing us in. But people miss their turn oftentimes because they're moving too quickly. I look back across my life, my relationship with Sarah, this ministry, I can pinpoint different times where maybe we've gotten excited about something, and and, and maybe we even got some direction from God, but we stepped out too quick, but we got into too big of a hurry. I know one time we were doing some television taping. Actually, I'd been invited to tape some TV broadcasts for my grandparents uh, with, with Pastor Keith Moore. And uh, he's a pastor that we've just learned so much from and been so impacted by their ministry. And in the green room between taping broadcasts, he sat down with Sarah and I and he said, I was praying over you guys and the Lord spoke something to me and I just want to give it to you. He said, don't move too quick. Don't move too quick. And of course, we're sitting there going, okay, what else? What else? What else? You know, let's spell it out for us. But oftentimes the wisdom of God doesn't totally spell it out. You just get a word. Don't move too quickly. 
And I got to tell you, that word has stayed with us. It has hung with us as we've made decisions in our ministry for our family. And there are times we've gotten it right. There are times we've been patient. There are times we've stepped out too quickly. And nearly always when we've stepped out too soon, we can see that we've got to back up and do something over. So the instruction of the Lord here to not move too quickly, it's in an effort to save you time. It's in an effort. So you get in a hurry and you want it done now. But here's what the Lord said to me one time. You will either spend time preparing or you will spend time repairing. You get to choose. But most people don't want to spend that time preparing. They get in a hurry. They move quick. And when they find out they've made a mistake or missed it or taken a wrong turn, now they got to back up and repair the decision they did not prepare for. But at the same time, you need to understand that there is a difference between something moving fast and something being rushed. I know I saw this so clearly when I met Sarah. I won't tell you the whole story, but it was a whirlwind romance. I mean, we met three months later. I asked her to marry me. Three months after that, we were married. I mean, within six months of meeting each other, we're on our honeymoon. Now that happened quick. But I look back on it and the Lord used that as an opportunity to tell me and to show me the difference between something that may move fast, but it wasn't rushed. What's the difference? One word, peace. There was so much peace all the way through that time together. And even though it was moving naturally, it was moving quickly, there was so much peace. We were never rushed. We were never panicked. We were never in a hurry. Look for the peace. Look for peace. Right on the other hand, there may be things that you pray for years over. I can think of some things in our lives right now that she and I have been praying together practically since we got married. That was over 11 years ago. These one, these two things, just praying, just seeking the Lord, not getting in a hurry. Let me tell you what happens when people get in a hurry. Listen to this, several scriptures, uh, most of which, maybe all are found in the book of Proverbs. It says in Proverbs 19, it's not good for a soul to be without knowledge and he sins who hastens with his feet. Listen to that same verse from the New Living Translation. It says, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good and haste makes mistakes. Did you catch that? Haste makes mistakes. He says in the next verse, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. I mean, how many times have you seen that happen? Somebody just got in a hurry. Don't raise your hand if I'm talking about you. Get in a hurry, make a mistake, and then turn around and say, God, how could you let this happen? Why did you let this happen to me? And the Lord's saying, you fool. It's your own fault. You just got in a hurry. Listen, it gets worse. Proverbs 19, uh, excuse me, Proverbs chapter 21, verse five. Listen to it from the Passion Translation. Brilliant ideas pay off and bring you prosperity, but making hasty, impatient decisions will only lead to financial loss. So you see, this applies in every area of your life. It applies in decisions with relationships, with, um, at work, with your money. You get in too big of a hurry, 
and it will lead to loss. In Proverbs 28, verse 20, it says, A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. I mean, it's just one after the other. In Proverbs 29, verse 20, there is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. That's just somebody who speaks too quickly. And the Bible says there's more hope for a fool than there is for that person. What's the the Spirit of God telling us here? Don't move too quick. Slow down. Slow down. Check your peace level. Check your peace gauge. Now, even if something, naturally speaking, is moving at a quick pace where, where natural time's concerned, that might be okay. But again, go back and check that peace level. Learn to distinguish and to discern. This is a major character quality of wisdom, the ability to discern. To discern whether or not I'm moving quick or I'm panicked and in a rush. If there's rush involved, you might be moving too quickly. I want to show this to you from the ministry and the life of Jesus. We've got a few minutes here. Go with me to the book of John chapter 11. John 11. And notice what happened here. Oh, around verse 4, Jesus had been with his disciples and got word that Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, who we talked about on last week's broadcast, that he was sick. And in verse three, it says, therefore the sisters sent to Jesus, they sent word to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God may be glorified through it. This is funny to me, verse five. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. That that stand out funny to anybody else? He loved them. He loves this family. This family's been a support to him. This family has loved him. So when he heard it, what'd he do? He heard Lazarus is sick. Oh, we better go. Come on, guys, right now. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. No, what'd he do? He stayed two more days in the place where he was. This is interesting to me. That even though he loved these people, Jesus was not going to let sickness and disease tell him what to do or where to go. Why? Because Jesus tells sickness and disease what to do and where to go. What am I saying to you? Oftentimes, people move too quickly because of pressure. They move too quickly because of pressure from other people. They move quickly because they feel pressured by the clock, pressured by the ticking clock in the hands of time that just don't seem to stop or slow down for anybody. And most of us, if we get word that a loved one's sick, Man, we jump and we run. If they're across town, we're across town. People get on a plane. People do whatever it takes to go get there and be with them. But wait a second. Hold on. Before you jump and run, slow down. Follow the example of Jesus. He stayed two more days in the place where he was. Verse 7, after this, he said to the disciples, now let's go to Judea again. 
The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you and you're going there again. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. If anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said after he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I might wake him up. What's going on here? Jesus has already said this sickness isn't unto death. If you know the rest of this story, you know Lazarus died. But Jesus knew something about this. He knew that this sickness was not going to end with death. That it was going to end with a manifestation of the glory of God. But, but the key to people, not just the people then, but me and you sitting here today, 2,000 years later, reading this, the key to us seeing the glory of God in manifestation began with Jesus not being too quick to move. Listen to me. There is a manifestation of the glory of God in your life that is coming, but a big key to you arriving in that place where his glory is on display, not just for you to see, but for the people around you, the people you're called to be a testimony and a witness to, a huge key to you experiencing that kind of glory, the kind of glory that raises the dead, praise God, is you not being pressed and pressured by time. Don't move too quick. You might be standing at a crossroad right now where a decision needs to be made. Where are we going with our family? Where are we going with our finances? Where are we going in our ministry, in our business? And my encouragement to you today is don't be too quick. That's the voice of wisdom standing there saying, don't be too quick. You know what wisdom might say? Wait here. Wait here? What do you mean wait here? Wait. Wait for it. It's like somebody going, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. That's what wisdom's saying to you. Wait for it. And you're going, okay, well, what am I waiting for? Let me tell you what you're waiting for. You are waiting for a word. That's what you need. See, many people, when they're driving, they want a sign. Give me a sign. And they think that same principle applies to God. Give me a sign, God. No, you don't need a sign. You need a word. Jesus didn't need a sign. He needed a word. You are waiting on a word. You are waiting on the witness. That goes back to that piece. The witness of your own heart. The settling down in your heart. Now's the time. This is the direction. Here we go. You're waiting on a word. You're waiting on a witness. And you're waiting on the wisdom. These three things. Wait on the word. Wait on the witness. And wait for the wisdom of God. I'm telling you, my friends, the wisdom of God will put you in the right place at the right time. How many times have you heard testimony of somebody that was sitting in an intersection and they just heard that still small voice on the inside and the Lord said, don't go yet. And they just waited for a second and all of a sudden a car comes flying through that intersection, totally ran the light or the stop sign. And the Lord saved that person's life just because they waited. There's power in it. There's power in it. This is why wisdom and patience go hand in hand. Don't miss your turn today. If you feel that delay in your spirit that says, wait for it, wait for it, then what do you do? You wait for it. Wait for the word. Wait for the witness. Wait for the wisdom. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.